All spiritual growth is purely to consciously realize that we are all one and live every day in that positive mindset. The purpose of our lives is to complete an esoteric spiritual awakening and transformation where we are all consciously aware that we are one. The more we know about our higher selves intertwined with the universe and God as the essence of creation, the more meaningful it is to feel whole because we are one in the same. Everyone has energy within and the power transforms that energy into different vibrations and dimensions. Join Charlie May in the connection to self, your spirit guides and spirit angels. Ascend to higher frequencies, vibrations and other dimensions with the Spirit Guider. This is the Spirit Guider with Charlie May, part three. Hey, Yale. Hello. I'm here with Yale Bowman, a mentor, a friend. He enriches me. I love you very much. Uh, I love you. Thanks for having me. I asked you if you had visions of a past energy, past soul within yourself. We necessarily don't like to say past life, but past energy. Can you tell me about that vision? The first one I remember is being a dream where I was shot in a warehouse fire, shot and left into a warehouse fire. And I remember it being, it, it was very like mafia-esque, you know, it, it felt like a hit. And I was probably around two or three when I remember this like image happening. It, it happened once in a dream and then once just like in an image that flashed up. So it was a repeating kind of thing that flashed up. So yeah, it was intense, but it was so intense I still remember it. And you said that you take these visions of these dreams, visions, and you put them into your life as you're living at this second. Yeah. So like obviously when I was two or three years old, it had no relevance to me. It's just scary, right? But as I got older, I became aware of what it was. I was able to relate it to some things, you know, in my life. And, you know, we were talking about, I was, like, I was saying, well, I could relate it to the fact that keeping on a path that where I was kind of doing things with integrity, you know, was important to me. And keeping myself from maybe, you know, the allure of something of that lifestyle, you know, that could have gotten me into that trouble in the first place. Also, maybe not trusting people who are giving off a bad vibe, you know, if it's giving me a bad vibe. So there's things about it I've been able to relate as parallels because as I grew up and grew older, I found, you know, there there were pulls down different paths. And it was was this me in, in one you know, dimension of reality or lifetime where I could have gone down a different path and I need to learn from this. To me, it's a philosophical exercise. I, I, I don't see that as me, mm-hmm. but I see that as something, you know, a message for me, basically. Basically, it could be advice or guidance yeah. when you see these visions. You know, and it felt real. It felt like, oh, this was happening to me. You know, it's like when you have a memory, but, you know, it's not you and it's not your body, but it still feels like your memory. And so it's interesting because we talked a lot about like past lives and what that, how that dynamic could be a little more complicated than we think. It's just a progression of an individual soul. It could even be touching into simultaneous realities. And I think we get those messages that we're needing to see. Um, when they're important, I find they show up on their own or they're, they're released or triggered in ways through, you know, certain settings. When they're not important is when we're chasing them for meaning, when we should be looking for meaning, you know, in other places in life. When you have these visions, is it always in a dream or do you have visions that come up when you're awake? I've definitely had visions where I'm awake that come up. And 
they're they're always vivid, you know, like vivid daydreams in like kind of 30 seconds to minute or maybe sometimes longer, sometimes in meditation or something like that. I then take it to what you said about this body is not me. I'm only a visitor here. Can you tell me about that? You know, I'm someone who I had chronic illness for a long period of time and I battled it for a long time. And I found that, you know, when you're in a lot of pain and discomfort, part of you sees that there's an existence beyond, you know, the big feelings or big sensations that you have. And that part of my life allowed me to separate out from the mental, physical discomfort, anguish I had and see that there's part of me that exists beyond that. And of course, I've been a meditator since I was probably in about sixth grade. And so naturally, I, I, I was more and more pulled to that, the more and more discomfort I felt, especially because it's recommended for people with, you know, hard to treat, you know, physical conditions and painful physical conditions. What I found is that we're here and we're fulfilling these roles here, but it's not all of who we are. On some level, we're eternal. You know, on some level, we exist beyond all the questions. We exist beyond all the answers. We exist, you know, in a deep state of connection. At least that's been the experience I've had it. And so I've always felt like, especially as someone who's always gone where they felt called, that I, I never felt a true sense of control over my path. I felt I, I like it. I like my life. But I never felt like that person was like, oh, I can choose an A to B path. That's not how my life has ever worked. So when I say, you know, we're not just our body, on one hand, we're not just all the physical things. You're not ju- we're not just an accumulation of all the past and present things that define us. We're bigger than that. And as some people who want to awaken, we, I think, owe it to ourselves to ask that question. But we're also, you know, we're not, we're not only required to think about ourselves in terms of who we are in this life. We have that this ability to exist in an expansive way and really get in tune with the whole. You know, we're a paradox. We're individuals and our power is being individual. But we're also, at least I believe and in my experience, we're not just this individual body. We are so much more, and it goes back to what you and I were talking about, you know, in our own time, which is I don't truly believe our mind can totally fathom, but I do believe our mind can open to things beyond what it understands. I don't believe it can identify and conceptualize because every piece we solve is going to leave us with more questions. And eventually I turn off the questions and I try to just, I try to just rest. And that's where I find you can really tune in with the existence because there's part of us that, you know, it needs a pause. And when I've always talked about meditation with people, when I've taught groups and individuals, I've said, it's a pause. We don't ever get naturally a chance to pause but we do, if you think about it, when we see a sunset, we pause and we're in awe. When we see sometimes a really sweet moment out in the world, we pause. There are things that naturally allow us to pause and feel connection. A lot of times there are the things in human nature that inspire us or nature that inspire us or synchronicities. But it's also really powerfully to mindfully take that time to pause. And meditation takes you there, correct? It does. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to meditate. And what I'm talking about is being able to pause and step back from everything, your thoughts, your experiences of your body, whether you're having a good day, bad day, in between, and being able to just rest as you are, that's how I believe we build a good, strong connection with, with the universe as an extension of the universe and the universe as an extension of us. It's not to say, you know, we're so big, we're the self, most self-realized thing in the universe, but it's also say that not to say we're so small, we're insignificant. There's a paradox there. Do you teach people to meditate when they come to you? Do you encourage it? I definitely encourage it. I, I have 
taught individuals, I've taught families, I've taught groups, I've had weekly classes. It's something I enjoy teaching people. And I think people love to come in because this stuff is all hard to do when you think about. But if you sit with someone and they walk you through it, it's easier. It's easier. And you start to realize you can put all this down for a few moments. There's a huge benefit. I mean, there's a reason someone like me, as sick and unhappy as I was, even who had been meditating all the time, was able to learn how to step back from it and be able to find a life of purpose. I truly believe it wouldn't happen if I couldn't separate from the suffering and from being so close to all the difficult things. So, you know, when I got here, I, I can tell you I'm here because my life was difficult and wasn't easy. And I know that's true for a lot of people. And so I know it's a valid approach and it's, it's something that you can learn easily. It's something that it costs you a little bit of time, maybe 10 to 20 minutes a day at the most. It doesn't have to be an hour a day. It doesn't have to be an hour twice a day. I think where it's hard for people, they don't know where to start because yeah. there's many different types of meditation. Unlimited. And I think I think as it's become more and more of a thing, there's become more and more categories and focuses. Exactly. I think we can look at it in three categories, okay? We can look at it. The first category, which I don't like so much, is meditation, which takes you on kind of like journeys that may or may not help you. You know, meditate to connect with your spirit guides or meditate to connect with, you know, aliens. You know, those may help you one day, right? But the other day, that might not be what you need. So you have to be really careful when you go into that kind of realm of meditation, okay? Because it could really help you. It could also, you know, be making things a little bit difficult if yeah, you're not, if that's not what you need at the time. The I love the aliens, by the way. <laughs> oh, and the spirits. It, yeah, and it's, it's not thing. bad, you know. It's not, I don't meditate to get them, though. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's saying, is that the best expression of what you need for your mind-body-soul balance, right? And then there's a second category, which is meditating for health. You know, you can meditate for health, wealth, and happiness, you know, and that is just about getting in your center, releasing tension. You know, you can do that. And, and there's probably more than three categories, but the third category I'll bring up is, you know, meditating to connect back with with all that is, you know, the existence. And, and I think if you haven't done that and you haven't had an experience, it can be hard to do on your own. But if you do it with somebody or do it guided. Oh, I think it makes the difference. It makes a big difference. You, one oneness experience is amazing. You know, it can, it can help change. It's like, for example, why would you want to have a near-death experience if you could have a oneness experience and alter your perception in a positive way? Why would you not want something that's safer and more controllable? You know, it kind of goes into the, the also, you know, psychedelics can be really helpful for that. But also some people that's not going to be safe or accessible for or affordable for, or they might, it might be scary for them. There are some, there are, there are valid path, right? But there are ways you can do that in your own experience. And if someone can teach you, you can learn how. Um, you can also find a group or a guided. Did meditation. you say a second ago that you cannot choose your path? Well, I said, I said that I more meant when I set out in life, my path wasn't what I thought it would be. But I, I never knew what I thought it was going to be really well. You know, by the time I was 18, I already was sick and mm -hmm. I already had my life path altered and changed. Um, Did you use the laws of attraction law to get on the path that you are on now? Yeah, I mean, a big tool for me was belief, you know, belief in health, belief in wellness, belief in, in expanding the realm of possibilities, which definitely falls under the law of attraction. You know, for me, when I was when I was feeling really sick and unwell, I had to imagine that the possibility was as much for me to heal as it was for me to remain sick. And that was a big game changer for me because I, I could remember seeing how my mind was so negatively turned toward illness. I was like, there's no space for health in my mind. You know, I've got to make some space for it. And that's very much, you know, aligning with the law of attraction. Back then, it wasn't as popular of a concept no. as it is now. Did you know about you are what you think? I like that idea. I also think 
I also think with like with anything, it's about how you do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like thoughts are okay. You can't control your thoughts, but it's the thoughts you pay attention to and the thoughts you inspire with. And the, the energy that yeah. you put into the thoughts. The energy you put into them, not whether you have bad thoughts or whatever else, you know, because some people aren't going to have as much control over their mind as others. I think we need to make sure we keep topics around those accessible for people because we have a variety of people and these one-size-fits-all approaches won't work. There's some variety within people's capabilities and dispositions, which is good to consider when you want to have as many people happy and peaceful and, you know, connected as possible. You had a wonderful, wonderful writing. It was talking about the two roads on the spiritual path, and it was the stretch and expand your beliefs, dissolved fixed beliefs, and then there was a third to walk on both roads. Yeah, Tell me about that. So I think when we first wake up, you know, we have an awakening experience. We're excited because we're like, I can be anything I want. I can raise my energy. I can manifest. You know, it's the the perks. Like, for lack of a better word, there's so many perks to waking up and seeing yourself as a being, right? Yes. Yes. But that can also create tension because we can suddenly feel like we have to master our intuition. We have to master manifestation. Like we were talking about before, it can put you on the same kind of path that physical attainment can put you on, a spiritual attainment path, which can be another rat race. Is that because the difference of so much information that can be sought after? Well, that and our egos get involved. Our egos want to be the best and the fastest and the quickest and the most successful. And they want, I always tell people, you know, be careful don't use your, that you're not just using your spiritual gains to make your physical life better because you're, you're going to waste that, all that energy and effort. You know, and then there's a second path, which is, and some people start here, mind you, it's not just always the second step, dissolving into oneness, dissolving your fixed beliefs. That's really important because all the tension you build up through gaining abilities or awareness needs to be dissolved because we've, we've all met people who are really aware and awake, but they're high strung and, you know, they're not relaxed and they, they feel this urgency to do, do, do. And that's, that needs a balance. They, they need to balance each other. The third path, of course, is knowing when to do each one. Honestly, we should live to be the highest aspiration of ourselves energetically, and we should develop and grow. We should also know how to relax and be as we are. So that third path is an acknowledgement that we as human beings are a paradox. We're here to grow and benefit from growing, and we're here to grow beyond even some of the things that we're aware of in just the gross physical world. But we're also here to understand our place in the universe, and, and that truly does require just a pause and an acknowledgement that we can see ourselves reflected back in the experience. What if road two, dissolving the fixed beliefs, why wouldn't someone want to dissolve beliefs that maybe were going to lead them down the wrong path? I mean, we're attached to our beliefs. I go and at, go and get 20 Republicans and 20 Democrats and ask them to resolve, dissolve their beliefs and then get a third group of people to, to argue that, to, to argue that there's, you know, another, you know, we, we'd see a lot of beliefs come out. But what's, what's true, the reason why I bring up an example like that is that a lot of our beliefs are isolated and not necessarily developed. We could be doing, we could be believing something's the best way and it's not the best way. Uh, the reason why I picked the two-party system, even though it's a touchy subject, is oh, yeah. because it, obviously it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It no. doesn't work. You, I'm not saying I, I care about which side you're on of it, but obviously it's not the best expression. So we talk about beliefs in any context. Could we say that those beliefs, though, are societal, brainwashing beliefs that really don't and shouldn't exist? So we inherit a lot of beliefs, right? Like we inherit a lot of beliefs, a lot of beliefs like you should work hard to get what you want. You know, that might not always be true in every scenario. Sometimes I've met people who are working hard, they're having the, and I tell them, pull back and relax, you know, align a little bit more, notice your needs, and they feel so much better when they do that. Because work hard is instilled in them. You know, I'm one of those people I learn. You know, if you work hard and, and you're just 
you know, always working hard, but you don't know why you're working hard. It, it may not always pay off because you got to work in a, the right environments. You got to work in harmony. You got to do these other things too. And then, you know, we've got these other people, you know, on the other end of that spectrum, they're entitled, right? So they believe they don't have to do anything. You know, they believe they're in, automatically something should be theirs. They, they, they believe they can throw money around and solve a problem or whatever it is they believe. And then we've got everyone in between. But beliefs can be limiting without realizing. So dissolving fixed beliefs is helpful, especially on a spiritual path, because we're not always what we think we are when we set out off the gate. And as we awaken, usually we find that we're maturing as people, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. What if you had someone come into your office who was not fulfilled in their job, but needed their job to survive, feed their family? Well, it happens all the time. That's every person in society, I'm telling you. Yeah, and on some level, even people who love their jobs have to deal with things about their jobs they don't like. Where can they find that inner fulfillment Yeah, you in know, that job without being consumed by the job that's killing them? Sometimes life is about timing and circumstance. I always tell people circumstance is a force. So if you need to feed your family, you can't go quit your job and focus all on your fulfillment. But you do need to set some intentions with yourself. You need to set some goals. You need to start to do that that inner realization of what you do want and, and start to guide toward those things, right? You know, even what if, if it what takes they time. wanted didn't bring in the money they needed to survive? Well, then we d- it would depend on the person. Is it aligned for them? If we do a divination or we look into things, is it not aligned for them? You know, are they clear on their ideas? Do they have opportunities available? Is the timing right to take that leap? Is it better to wait and let it, the idea develop? Those are all the things the mechanics of a reading will help decide. There's a lot of people say, hey, I want to start a business. And it's like, hey, you got a lot of stuff going on in your personal life. Wait six months. We'll do another reading. We'll see where you're at. There's a lot of people that say, hey, I want to start a business. And, and the overwhelming message is, oh, my God, why are you waiting? you know, jump in, you you know. So it depends on the circumstance for the person. Would you suggest someone who is struggling in that, the first thing to do is to get a reading? You know, a, a reading is a great way if you're struggling at all, because there's a, here's here's the reason why it can help. If you're struggling with figuring out some physical things, it can help you, okay? Like if you're the physical, what to do, it can help you understand what's within the realm of possibility and change and what you, some guidance on what you can do and, and what's what's going to help you. If you're struggling struggling with emotional, spiritual things, you know, the psycho-spiritual experience, you need spiritual or life guidance in some way, it's going to help you there too, even if you don't want to know about the future. If you're struggling and you're open, especially if you've tried everything, a reading can be a great thing. Or if you're just open and you know that it's right for you. I think everybody deserves to be fulfilled in life. I agree. I agree. And that's one of the things I'm really passionate about is how can we be the most fulfilled? Yeah. But, you know, life is a mixture of fulfillment and it's a mixture of work and, and, and I think, integrity, too, because we can't – our society is a little dangerous about this. We've, we've really put fulfillment on a pedestal because we do need it. But we also need the balance of structure in our lives, too, and structure is not all fun. So I believe a mature mind can determine what the levels of film fulfillment and responsibility are because responsibility creates the opportunity for fulfillment. And fulfillment creates a reverence toward responsibility and structure. Either way, if they're overpowering each other, we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But ideally, we need a balance because the people who get f- pure fulfillment might not necessarily have financial stability. True. But people with oh, financial no stability might have no fulfillment. Exactly. It's a, and, and that's why, you know me, I go through the five element process with people. It's not just comparing two things. It's comparing all these dynamic things to make sure that things come into balance. In water, you have the emotional world, you have the inner world, and you have the relationships with people, close relationships. And on fire, you have your energy. You have the energy of the people you're interacting with and the energy that's kind of present for you that's influencing situations that you need to be aware of. 
whether it's draining you, uplifting you, neutral, whatever the case may be. It also talks about kind of what you're drawing in through what you're already doing, what actions you're already taking. You take in those five elements every time you meet a new client. It, yeah, and a lot of times even after we've met once. And then because the, it's about where you're at that day and mm-hmm. where your balance is. Now, in the earth element, you have your physical resources, especially your finances, your health, your living situations, your jobs and job environments. All those are tied in the earth element domain. And in air, you have your mind, your thoughts. So if you think about what's happening in your energy, you want to know what's happening in your mind too. What kind of beliefs and what kind of approaches, where could you be stuck mentally, you know, and and where where are your goals and thoughts about the future? Mm -hmm. That combined with your you know, your energy is going to really be involved in what you're, what you're creating consciously or unconsciously. Now, the fifth element is the spirit element. That is your awareness of your awareness of the cycles in your life. It's also your awareness of spiritual things in your life. And, and it can help you understand what chapter you're in, what, what your life and spiritual path entail. And that's really important for people to understand. And it can add a lot of clarity. For example, someone's in a period where they're supposed to be taking a leap and letting go of old beliefs and starting over. That can come up in a reading and be good affirmation, push them in the right direction if they have doubts. If someone's in a time where they're supposed to wait, hold their ground, you know, and take some certain actions for success, that can be good. You know, the, the issue with the reading is if you come in too late before you... Well, after you've had doubts and uncertainty, we can't undo anything you've already done, but we can help you discover where you're going, If you, especially when the timing's right. That's why one of my favorite things to, times to give people readings is when they're in college, right? When they start out college, right after their first two, some, first two quarters, when they're really starting to try to figure out what's going on in life, why not get that information, learn about yourself and how your energy type works then, rather than be 35 and try to undo stuff you've already oh my done. Gosh. I love meeting college students for that reason. Um, do you do children? You know, I, I don't I don't have anything against doing readings for children. I try to do it based on case-by-case case basis mm-hmm. because depending on the child, depending on what they have going on, you know, it, it, can be, it can be a delicate situation if it's a child in a difficult situation or if a child is doing it for fun. Oh, Typically, yeah. we don't go too deep with kids. Mm-hmm. We tend to stick to more like, you know, what their gifts and their interests are because I don't believe in boxing the future of children in, but I also do believe in calling out a really wonderful inclination in a child, like you're a great artist or you're, you know, continue doing this because it's, it's really going to bring you a lot of, you know, going to bring you a lot of success or this about you is what people really value and we've got to really guide children in a really wonderful awesome way especially in a reading because we don't want to make a suggestion yeah <laughs> based on our opinion of them we want to help them stay open to themselves exactly and, and honor who they are if i had a kid i'd, I'd have them in here every day yeah talking to you <laughs> their minds are just so open to to different worlds yeah they see and hear things that normal people don't hear as as we age and they've got a totally different look on you know the world and we need them for that you know they need them to show us how crazy we can be as an adult what would you tell someone who is awakening if you're awakening i'd say what's going on around you what are the signs what's calling to you and i would also say um try to discover what has brought you to that awakening is it were you in a difficult place in life were you in a place of joy where did you suddenly lose touch with the things that brought you joy or did you suddenly experience pain and you're looking for meaning you know look at what's what's triggered that awakening because that's going to be a big key in your next steps you know if you're not able to figure those out on, on your own get some support doing that but if you're paying attention to the signs you'll probably be taken on to some things that can help you you know and guide you along what do you do with a new person who comes in who is awakening well, like I said, I try to check in and see what's, you know, I want a little background from them. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what brings you in? A lot of times, you know, what, what are your goals or what are you hoping to get out of it? And then depending on what area of their life's under change, we're going to talk about whether they need spiritual guidance, whether they need 
to reorganize areas of their life or they need to know what to expect in the future or that they need to clear out some difficulties in their life or whether they need to take some steps in a new direction. All that's going to depend on the person. It is true. I've come to you many times, just want to talk. Yeah. I want clarity. I want answers. I want guidance. And that's what I get from you. But that could be different for someone else. Yeah, and I don't always just do like readings through the five elements. But for people who want to look at the future and how things change, it's the most beneficial way. I know how to do it. A lot of people come in for guidance. And and it really depends on what you need in the situation. If you really need guidance, a divination or a reading isn't going to help you necessarily. Mm -hmm. Because you need to answer the deeper questions. But a lot of people need a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. Why are you so cool, Yale? Oh, I guess I'm lucky. I guess I'm lucky. But I think it's because I have great people around me and... um, I've been always lucky to have people that help bring out the best of me and that it's it's symbiotic. So, Have can, you ever felt enlightenment? You know me, and I, I'm trying to focus more on being the best version of myself and bringing my highest self. So I try not to tease myself with questions like that. But you have had some feeling of bliss? I've had experiences of really wonderful experiences. But I try not to take them into my ego. You know, I try not to see them as, oh, this is me transforming into some being or thing. I try to see it as now I know what I can bring back into the people I help, my family, the world. That to me is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. What, can you, what else can you say to that? Nothing. Yeah, I love you. Thank you. Thanks. This is The Spirit Guider with Charlie May. <laughs>